turned independent book publisher, the book got published, although modestly and without fanfare. But our audience found us, especially after May 9, 1990, when the New York Times published Christopher Lehman Haupt's favorable review on the front page of its Books of the Times section. To commemorate the 30th anniversary of the theatrical release of Psycho, I was soon invited as a guest on several national and international TV shows, and the book became a college course curriculum staple. To this day, not a week goes by without at very least one person contacting me with a question or a comment about the book. And if my current literary agent, the wise, ferociously supportive, and indefatigable Mary Evans, hadn't spurred the book's reissue, producers Alan Barnett and Tom Thayer might never have found it. All these years later, I still want to tinker with the text, clarify the chronology, fix glitches, and describe how my reactions to Psycho have shifted over time. I considered the film a brilliant thrill ride and con game, but now see it as far more. However, it is always gratifying to learn that so many readers, and some critics anyway, appreciate that I deliberately chose not to analyze, dissect, deconstruct, or, especially, wring the life out of Psycho. Instead, I wanted to dig up the facts, dispel the rumors, and engage as many of the people responsible for the film as I could, while we were still lucky enough to have them around to share their recollections. Twenty-two years after the book's first publication, it was an immensely powerful, moving, and sometimes meta-experience to watch the director, cast, and crew of Hitchcock recreate certain real-life aspects of the book, melded with images, dialogue, scenes, and sequences from the script. Wait, I sometimes wanted to say, that isn't what he or she looked like or wore. That isn't what they said or how they sounded saying it. At other moments, everything felt eerily, precisely right, especially when the gifted movie makers reinterpreted in almost documentary fashion the making and release of Psycho itself. Let me share some favorite onset moments, spoiler-free, I hope. Some of the best of these unfolded on the lot and on sound stages at Hollywood's historic Red Studios, opened in 1915 as Metro Pictures' backlot number three, later owned by Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball, and renamed Desilu Studios and still later called Renmar Studios. It was a filming site for such TV shows and films as I Love Lucy, The Dick Van Dyke Show, The Andy Griffith Show, The Jack Benny Program, I Spy, The Golden Girls, Seinfeld, Weeds, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I eyewitnessed the shooting of some satisfying moments like a scene with Sir Anthony as Hitchcock and the brilliant Tony Collette playing longtime Hitchcock production assistant Peggy Robertson. They sit together in canvas chairs on the psycho set and, meticulously shot by great cinematographer Jeff Cronenweth, we see them big and bold in the foreground, with their backs to us. Meanwhile, in the background, fiercely independent beauty Vera Miles, played by Jessica Beale gets ushered onto the set and into her dressing room to begin her first day of shooting. Beale's movements, even the tilt of her head, subtly inform us about Miles's bloodied but unbowed attitude toward having fallen out of favor with her would-be Svengali Hitchcock. Sir Anthony regales Colette with choice, snide observations, 
some scripted, some improvised, about Miles, his crew, and more. Sir Anthony makes Hitchcock irascible, nasty, but absolutely human, using malicious humor to hide his hurt at being rejected by Miles, whom he had hoped to rebrand in the chic, cool, Grace Kelly glamour girl mold. As Robertson, Colette defends her gender, defends Miles, and deflects Hitchcock's petty barbs. Her chemistry with Sir Anthony is electric. The work of these actors is simple and unfussy, yet it's a master class. I cherish the memory of watching Helen Mirren's eloquent expression and body language when, as Hitchcock's indispensable and largely silent collaborator, she watches the tall door of a soundstage slide closed, shutting in her husband and his fellow movie makers while shutting her out. Likewise, Danny Houston's devil.